Good morning. Good to see all your faces again. Well, obviously, this week has been a, a real tragic week back in Boston and for our country. Another, another negative experience, another hit in uh, the places where we could feel insecure and feel fearful. And I just want to address some of these things this morning. But I, I really think, uh, you know, what we've been talking about, about pressing into our inheritance, going into the land that God has for us, finding out you know, what God wants us to do next as believers and in our personal walk with Jesus, it's, it's pretty, uh, I think it's awesome that when things are falling apart around us, we have something that is so solid and it's so familiar, it's so comforting, it's so encouraging uh, for all of us to lean on. And I really appreciate um, this body and I appreciate how relationships are, are really connecting deeper and deeper. And as we see things getting more weird and fearful, it's our interconnection. It's our ability in, in the closeness of even how we live to have these friendships and have people we can call on and, and find that strength when our society is uh, really in such a place where people want to withdraw in fear and just be in their house and be separated. I love the connection that we have, the security we have in, in being members of a body who are committed to Jesus Christ and having the Holy Spirit work in our life. Uh, title of my message is Press Into Your Inheritance, Into That Full Life That God Has For Us. And I, I, wa I just want to talk again, uh, kind of address just the, the atmosphere in our, in our world today and especially in America. And... Um, I just love how Jesus really tells us, he really exposes the enemy, the real things that go on. And just like we don't always feel God as Christians and we know that we go through difficult things, we don't always personally see the works of the enemy, Satan, the demonic powers that he uh, is over. But Jesus tells us what we face. And this is 1 Peter 5. Excuse me, I didn't... Um, I think it's 8 and 9. I'm reading out the Amplified. And Peter is warning not only the believers when he wrote this, but for all believers who would be coming into the kingdom afterwards until Jesus comes back. And Peter says this, Be well balanced, temperate and sober of mind. Be vigilant and cautious at all times. For the enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a lion roaring in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. And I think just why, what we have going on in our society today, the violence, uh, just the way we're losing police officers, it's, it's very disheartening of what's going on. The fear also people feeling like, wow, all the things are going on, I need to get a gun. And then the threats, like they're going to take guns away. All these things that uh, show us that we do not have security. There's no way for us to get a secure handle on what's going on. But Peter tells us, it to, again, continuing in verse 9, withstand him, withstand Satan, withstand that demonic spirit of fear, withstand the, the overwhelming emotions that come over us when we hear some of the negative things going on. Withstand him, be firm in faith against his onset, rooted, established, strong, immovable, and determined, knowing that the same identical sufferings are appointed to, you, to your brotherhood, the whole body of Christians throughout the world. So we're not alone. And I think, wow, how do people go through it without Jesus? 
How are these people uh, enduring some of the things they're going through without having a deep-rooted faith in Jesus Christ and having the power of the Holy Spirit that can come and counter fears and emotions that get overwhelmed by the, the facts that we're hearing and the news that we're, that's coming to us? And then the, the good old verse, John 10, 10. Jesus described that Satan was the thief and he comes only in order to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I came that they might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. And as we continue talking about receiving our inheritance and walking in all that God has for us, I have to remind you that you've got to tell yourself that God has an overflowing, full, abundant life for you. Despite what the enemy is trying to say, despite the news, no matter what is going to go on next, even if it someday should touch Hollister, God has overflowing life. He doesn't want us to be in fear. He doesn't want us to be in apprehension about finances or, or the economy or what's going on in our neighborhood or uh, the things that are happening around us because that is the spirit of fear that Satan uses and generates. One event can generate enough fear and trauma to affect a person their whole life. And I really believe that those of you who have suffered in any way and have been victims in any way or suffered any kind of trauma as you've been living on this earth, I want to tell you, going into the land, God wants to remove the effects of that trauma so that you are no longer afraid, you're not intimidated, you're not discouraged in any way, but you can press into what God has for you. And many of you have been protecting your uh, places of trauma and the things that have hurt you and molded you and, and kept you from being what God wants you to be. But I tell you, going into the land, God's going to expose it. God's going to trigger it. No matter how safe and secure you have made that place, no matter how you vowed that no one's ever going to touch you in that way again, I tell you, God's going to put his finger on that because he comes to set people free. He wants you free. He doesn't want you affected by what has gone on, even the sins of your past. He does not want them to hold you back from the powerful gospel message and the testimony that you have to bring to other people. And it's time that you are going to experience change. God is going to move you. God is going to supernaturally move you from where you're at into where he wants you to go. In John 16, 33, again, you know, when the world doesn't understand where this loving God is at, God is on the throne. But Satan has allowed to do his thing since man turned the authority over him back in Genesis. And God has worked through Jesus Christ to get the authority back, and now it's back through Jesus Christ and us receiving him into our, into our lives and continually being empowered in our spirit because our relationship with God and having the Holy Spirit empower us through his spirit in our spirit. And that's how we overcome. That's how we face fears. That's how we face our past. That's how we give account of ourselves and, and be accountable with each other. That's how we come to this place where we confess our sins and we receive forgiveness and we're healed and we're transformed. And the power of the Holy Spirit delivers us from where we used to be into where he wants us to be. And even today when we leave, we will not be the same as we were last week. Some of you are going to experience such transformation, such empowerment in your life that you're going to actually stop and look at yourself in the mirror this week and you say, I am not the same person. Because we are in a living relationship with God who is transforming us and changing us. And we have a destiny, we have a purpose, and God is going to keep revealing that to us as individuals and as body in this local church. You know, though we live in this world... And though it's, uh, did I read John 16, 33? <laughs> Excuse me. 
I have told you these things, Jesus said, so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you will have tribulation and trials and distresses and frustrations. But be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, certain, undoubted, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Excuse me, this little short testimony. Those of you who have been here a while have heard it, but when I was a senior in high school, I grew up in East San Jose, and our street was the street that bordered. My parents lived on the corner of Mount Blank and Mount Rainier. Mount Rainier was the hottest activity for police to come in all of the 70s. And this was my year of high school, 69 and 70. And in that time, there was a time when uh, my my parents and my sister and me were cleaning a church. And while my older sister was taking care of my baby sister, uh, there was harassment from drug dealers in the house next door. And I remember them surrounding my dad that night and the hostility, the spiritual hostility that was there. I remember feeling fear. I remember also during the summer of before I started my uh, senior year of my friend being rat-packed by drug dealers right across the street. I remember, you know, jumping in there, speaking into that, you know, and, and uh, my friend running off. And then also I remember in that year when I started high school, I remember that, that uh, there began to be like this group of people that were hostile to our family. And I think it was really because we were Christians. But I remember having to deal with this fear of being rat-packed. And there were times where I was so fearful, I hated even going to school. But I began to look and search the scriptures. I began to get a hold of the promises of God, and I began to entertain what the Word of God said, even though I was walking through a very difficult season and time in my life. And I remember this one day that even some of the neighbors were out, and that was the day, even my mom was praying, my mom thought that day I was going to get rat-packed. And I remember walking right through the midst of them to my house, walking right through the sidewalk, and they were all around me. It's almost like they didn't see me, and nothing happened to me. And from that time on, I tell you, a fear broke off me that I've never had again. Or I could go anywhere in any part of town, in any place, no matter how dark it is, no matter how demonic it is, and have no fear. Because God walked me through that whole year of my senior year, and he revealed to me that he was a God that was not a God of fear. And God, I tell you, whatever fear, whatever things you're going through, God wants to root them out, and he wants you to possess these places that have been plaguing you and traumatizing you. God is not the God who gives a spirit of fear. In Psalms 91, in these days, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. That secret place, you know, if you read Matthew 6, 5, it tells you, you have a secret place that you establish when you come to God in prayer. And that's that secret place that God downloads into you a confidence that we've just been reading about. And he begins to extract fear and torment and apprehension and discouragement and a fear about what you're seeing in the future and fear about what you're facing. And God comes in that place, in that secret place, and he empowers you. And it becomes a place where Psalm 91 becomes a stronghold of of God's power in your life, a stronghold against those fears, a stronghold against what you face. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will lean and rely, and in Him I will confidently trust. If you're feeling any lack of confidence today, 
mark it down, I tell you, you're going to see a change in your life. You're going to see a transformation in your faith and what rises up on the inside. And again, you can have fearful feelings and fearful thoughts, but as you begin to feel the Holy Spirit rise up in your spirit, there's just something that changes in your outlook. There's something that changes in how you're looking at your circumstance and your situation and whatever tries to intimidate you. It's interesting, you girls are uh, doing that study, fight like a girl. I tell you, you're going to be fighting like Jesus. For then he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. Then he will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you shall trust and find refuge. In his truth and in his faithfulness are a shield and a buckle, buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor for the arrow or the evil plots of the slanders and the wicked that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor in the destruction and the sudden death, that surprise and lay waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. I, I saw that to be, tr- be, to be true. To be able to walk through amidst of hostile people and be untouched, it reminded me of Jesus. That time when they wanted to get Jesus, he walked right through the middle of them and they couldn't get him. I tell you, there's a divine destiny upon us. But we cannot let fear and what we're facing keep us from walking in faith. And I tell you, if you have to die a martyr or something, you're only going to have grace in that moment to stand like Stephen stood and be martyred. Or like James, who they beheaded. Verse 8, Only a spectator shall you be, yourself inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High as you witness the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord your refuge and the Most High your dwelling place. There shall no evil befall you, nor any plague or calamity come near your tent, your house. For he will give his angels a special charge over you to accompany and defend and preserve you in all your ways of obedience and service. They shall bear you up on their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample under your foot. I tell you, that's talking about demonic powers. I tell you, if we had our eyes open, we could see the demonic powers that come against us in fear, in intimidation, that are working in people around us to bring frustration and bring us, bring us to a place of, of feeling powerless. Those demonic powers are broken in Jesus Christ as we stand in faith, as we stand in places of even worshiping at times when we're in the face of our enemies or we're in the face of opposition. We're in under your breath. You just begin to thank the Lord. You just begin to thank God for the victory. And as you stand in your place and as you see God do what he wants to do. Verse 14, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. Again, haven't we talked about Jesus in Luke uh, 4, 18? When he came on the scene, I came to set the captives free. I came to lose the burdens. I came to break every yoke. I came to let those who are oppressed come out from under oppression. That is the work that he started, and that's the work the Holy Spirit is doing today in us. And he's going to do a greater work through us as we get free, as we walk in our freedom, and as we lay hold of that freedom, like was said even at the mic about praying for those who are, of our young people and those who we know who are backslidden, praying 
praying, using our weapons of warfare to strike the enemy right where he, where he is. And it's our prayer. Even though we can't see Satan, and even sometimes we're feeling the opposition against us and the intimidation, it's our prayer that breaks through, that pierces that spiritual atmosphere that Satan uses to resist us and resist the call of God in our lives and resist us pressing in and inheriting everything naturally and spiritually that he has for us. So therefore I will deliver him, I will set him on high because he knows and understands my name. Again, the power of that name. We can write in our spiritual checkbook the name of Jesus. That powerful name of Jesus, we can declare it over our situations, declare it over our fear, declare it over our family, declare it when, when we're, we don't know what to do. We call in the name of Jesus. We use that name. My name. He has a personal knowledge of my mercy, my love and kindness. Again, when, you, when you're places that maybe you're struggling and you haven't gotten victory over something, contend, bring it to God, confess it, war with it. I tell you, the mercy of God is there to forgive us and cleanse us. Why? He wants us to operate in faith. We, it takes all of our faith in God to operate in this negative environment. It needs all of our faith. And so if our mind is toying with uh, condemnation or, or places of weakness in, in fear and intimidation, it's not going to be about us. It's going to be about us wearing the robes of righteousness, living in Jesus Christ, and proclaiming what he said. I am clean by the blood of Jesus. I am righteous by the blood of Jesus. Whatever sin it is, you have no power over me. Jesus is broken in Jesus' name. Declaring it, standing on it, confessing it. The Holy Spirit will honor what you say because you're lining yourself with the Word of God. You're lining yourself up with that inheritance and He's going to push you into the land. Personal, my mercy, love, and kindness. And he trusts and relies on me, knowing I will never forsake him. No, never. I tell you, no matter what our feelings say right now, he is with us. He is with us. He is with us. When I feel the most anxiousness about a situation, I usually get anxious in dealing with people and wondering how it's going to work out. I say to myself, you're here, Jesus. It's okay that my emotions, they don't understand or can't tap in. The natural man cannot tap into the things of God. That's why it's spirit to spirit. We cannot go by our understanding. We cannot go by our feelings. Yes, it's nice sometimes to have good feelings. I love a good feeling once in a while. <laughs> for almost nine months since my son moved to San Diego, he has been praying for a job. We've been praying for a job. And there's moments when he's been in such despair. Just a couple weeks ago, he was at his lowest place. Well, he calls me this week. Three jobs. He has three jobs. He has to choose which one. So he starts work tomorrow. He chose one. And I thought, wow, we have been praying. At times I have been agonizing with the feelings he has. Here is a husband and his wife starts working before him. So how intimidating that is. But in all of his waiting and praying, when the answer came, I thought, wow, God, why didn't my emotions get all into it? Oh, we cannot go by our emotions. But I tell you, Keep knocking, keep seeking, keep asking. We are knocking on the door for Debbie Minacho. We are knocking on the door for Paul Castellano. We are knocking on the door for Norma Judy. We are knocking on the door for uh, Diane Gautrin. We are knocking on the door for Cliff Ellis. You need to keep praying. His doctor is in, in this place of if, his, if the, his bones do not, are not free of infection, he's going to cut four more toes off this week and more of the bone on the front of his foot. God, hear our prayers. God, remember our prayers for Cliff. God, we pray that you would drive out every bit 
of infection out of those bones and let it be clear to the doctor he does not need to cut anything. Intervene for Cliff and Nanita. You know all that they're going through. Lord, break diabetes over our congregation. We haven't seen the answer. We're going to keep asking, seeking, knocking. When the answer comes, we may not have any feelings, but we're going to keep praying, asking, seeking, knocking because we are in a, in a natural world, but our heart, our spirit is connected to a spiritual world, connected to a God who is more powerful and bigger. No matter what comes against us, no matter what news comes against you, I tell you, when you determine you're going to press into the land that God has for you, maybe it's your relationship, maybe it's your marriage, maybe it's your can, family, your, your kids, maybe it's your uh, job, whatever, I tell you, it's going to get worse. When they were crying out to God and they wanted deliverance, it got worse in Egypt before they got delivered. And when we begin to face our enemies, the enemy is going to mount up. As they began to go in, as the Joshua generation was going to go into Jericho, Jericho sucked into that camp. They held fast. They dug in. They were determined Israel was not going to penetrate the land. But God had prepared them. God had rolled off the reproach of Egypt. God had got them into position where I don't care anymore. You guys are going to go into the land. And when God declares you're going to move forward, you're going to press into those enemies. You may even go fearful. You may even go full of doubt. But God is going to break through for you and you're going to have a testimony. Why? You say, why does the pastor keep talking about this every week? I don't feel like we're there yet. I feel like we're just beginning to experience the freedoms from our fear, the freedoms from those things that have kept us in bondage. But we're not there yet. But I tell you, individually and as a body, God's going to do something in our church that's going to touch other people. But we're going to experience it together. And we're going to experience it because it's happening in our own life. And then it can happen in other people's lives. It's been a long time. God's been working on this church for 14 years. We've been cut. We've been pruned. We've seen people come. We've seen people go. But I believe God's been working a faithfulness in us. A belief that God is big and that God has a plan. And yes, we've had to go through some refining in our own plans. And we always do. Sometimes as Christians, we have an understanding or we have a thought, well, God, you're going to do things this way or, or you're going to do this for me or this is my inheritance or that's my inheritance. But I tell you, a lot of ways, God's inheritance for us is a lot bigger. You know, as I've been looking at my own life thinking, well, what do you have for me, God? I'm thinking, I was walking by the front tree right here. I'm thinking, duh, this is your inheritance. My inheritance is you. If you move forward, I'm going to move forward. If you don't move forward, I'm like Moses. I'm going to be stuck in the wilderness. I want you all to rise up. I want you to rise up into the place that God calls you. And that's why it's not about following me. It's about following Jesus. And together we're following him. And as we follow him, different people, I love it, different people can step up, give a word, teach, prophesy. We're a body. God's using us all together. You're not, if you're a person sitting in the back, watch out. You people who, who are, are back pew sitters or back chair sitters or you, you say, oh, my personality is behind the scenes. Watch out. God's going to push you to the forefront. That's the way he does things. He puts you out in places where he's going to get glory, where he's going to be honored. You have an inheritance that's so much bigger than you. And I, t- I don't care if it's been 40 years you felt like you failed and you're not moving forward. This is the day you're going to move forward. Verse 15, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. I tell you, I tell you this every so often. You've got to get in a place sometimes where you can hear yourself crying out for something. We get so intimidated when people hear our prayers or when we hear ourselves pray. You need to break out of that because out of that intimidation, when you pray out boldly and you're asking God, you're knocking, seeking, and asking, something happens in the atmosphere. 
Something happens to your own emotions in your mind that needs to hear declarations and crying out for something with God. Come on, God! I felt such a dissatisfaction from Thursday when we had our intercessory prayer. I felt such a dissatisfaction. God, I feel so hungry for you. I want so much more of you than I have right now. This morning I was crying in, in during communion. God, you know I have such a hunger. I am not satisfied right now where I'm at with you. I am not satisfied. I ha- do not have my desire satisfied. And I know if I'm this level of empty, I know you could fill me up a little bit more. Get dissatisfied where, where you are. You got to look at your situation. You got to look at your life. You got to look at where you're at. You got to look at your comfort zone. I hope you're sick and tired of being comfortable. Because only when we're uncomfortable what we want to press into the land where we'll take some time and say, God, what is it that you have for me? God, what, what is that next thing that you have for me? Where can I move into this next place? And when you know what that is, then you're going to be able to step into it. Then you're going to be able to ask God for the impossible. In 2 Timothy 1, 6-7, Timothy, Tim- Timothy, who Paul encouraged and raised up, I would remind you, to stir up, rekindle the embers of fan the flame of, and keep burning the grace, the gift of God, the inner fire that is in you by means of the laying out of hands with those of the elders and your ordination. Okay, so he was ordained. There was hands laid on him, and there was spiritual impartation. Paul and those around Timothy had watched him grow and they saw the fire of God in him. They saw the passion. They saw the call of God. So they nurtured it. And so when they laid hands on him, he came into that place. Many of you are sitting out there and you had hands laid on you and you're in neutral. I tell you, God's going to, that thing that was imparted to you, it's going to get start blossoming. We see the trees now. They got the blossoms on them. They're past the blossoms. They got leaves on them. Fruit starting to appear on our cherry trees down here on the way on 25. It, it's a spiritual thing that happens. The farmers don't make it happen. No, no one makes it happen. It's God in our lives. God is going to begin to sprout up what God has ordained and destined in our life. It's our season. It's our time. And with that, I want to have Deanna share about pressing into the land, the fears. Good morning. Um, I'm super excited, so if I start laughing, don't trip out, okay? Um, Several weeks ago, there was a home invasion right next door to where I live. And um, all these different areas of fear bubbled up around me, past fears, um, huge fears, um, fear of losing people close to me, uh, fear of failing, fears um, people, fear people from my past. And um, when I'm in that place, what I'm doing is I'm feeding it, and so it grows. And um, it's overwhelming. It, it, it's exaggerating because you, what I do is I take myself to the worst case scenario, and I'm there. It's like fog. It keeps me from seeing clearly and I get distracted, I lose my focus. It was bad, it was really bad. 
And on Wednesday night, I came to church. And somebody gave me a word. He said, the Lord's with you. And his plans for you seek first the kingdom. If you have a word for somebody, man, I want to encourage you, don't sit on it, deliver it. So I got up the next morning, and I went to this place where I had to just serve the enemy his papers. And I went there. I addressed him, and I, was, I got loud. <laughs> and it was funny because the dogs came and sat in front of me and were <laughs> looking at And that was before I went into a place of worship. I knew that morning that I had a purpose. And I asked the Lord, okay, I'm asking you for the opportunity, and I'm asking you for the word. And by the end of that day, it literally walked right up to me. <laughs> but I'm sorry, I distra I'm distracted. Just saw somebody here that... <laughs> I'm so happy to see. Um, that word encouraged me, and it and it helped me remember who I am. God did not give us the spirit of timidity or cowardice, of craven and cringing, fawning fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of calm and a well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. So every time you get a fear, you know it's not from him. Amen. Jesus only gives you power, love, and a sound mind. And when you feel like your mind is under attack, you know, a lot of times the enemy could just be bombarding you with temptation and you feel like you've sinned. He can attack your mind, but if it gets down into your heart and you act on it, that's when it's a sin. So analyze when the attack is coming and analyze down here, what am I feeling? If I don't feel any attachment to that, get out! If I feel attachment, renounce it. Lord, I renounce anything that's trying to connect in my heart. Lord, I renounce. God, search my heart. Cleanse my heart. Cleanse me of any evil thing. Purge it out. It's a big territory. God, cleanse me. That's all we can do. God, then God does what we're asking. In Psalms uh, 27.1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear or dread? The Lord is the refuge and stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You know, we're talking about living in our strongholds, casting out our strongholds, living in our inheritance. The Lord is our stronghold. And it is the Lord that moves with us into our promises and into the land he has for us. Isaiah 35, 4. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear. For your God is coming to destroy your enemies. He is coming to save you. You know, in, in these days when we hear negative things and we start talking with each other, and, you know, when we talk about this, Again, the spirit of fear is generated by even our communication. Support each other. When you see someone's fearful, encourage them. Be, be their encouragement. Pray for them that that fear can be broken and that stronghold trying to come in or that intimidation of fear can be broken off them, kept from, from affecting them. In Joshua 1, 8, 9, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, 
Moses' minister, Moses, my servant, is dead. So now arise, take his place. Go over this Jordan, you and all his people, into the land that I am giving to them, the Israelites. Every place upon which the sole of your foot shall tread, that have I given you as I promised Moses. Again, leaders have a season. God wants to raise up more people. Generations are going to pass on. God wants to raise up more strong believers. Every place upon which the sole of your foot shall tread have I given to you as I promised Moses. From the wilderness and this land of Lebanon to the great river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, Canaan, and to the great Mediterranean Sea on the west shall be your territory. You have territory. You've got to recognize it. You've got to start praying about it. You have to start identifying what that is. What is it? And then what step is God asking you? What step can you take in action to possess what God has for you? Verse 5, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. I think that's important, you know, because we, we face off with people. But usually it's, the, it's what's behind people's attitudes. It's, it's their mindsets and how they are tools of the enemy is what we face. So you may be facing a person or a personality, but pray against that person and personality. Pray against the strongholds that come through people. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and confident and of good courage. For ye shall cause this people to inherit the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. You are going to help other people possess their land. That's talking about you. This was limited to Moses. We're in the body of Christ. We are ministers. We are all ministers. You guys can do more than me. I'm, I'm here to encourage you so you can go out and encourage other people. So that you can pump in that excitement and that encouragement of the Holy Spirit into people around you. You could be a witness and a light on the job. There's co-workers ready because, again, all the fear going on, people are ripe and ready to come to Jesus. I believe churches have more people in them today because of what happened this week than ever before. People are coming to the end of their security. Even I feel for the poor police community, all they can do is react. They don't have a forethought and a and a knowing of what's going to happen. I tell you, believers, we have the privilege of even sometimes having prophetic insight of what's going to happen, being aware of where not to go, what to, what to do. And then our famous scripture, Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world or this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external, superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind. Again, dig, letting the Holy Spirit renew our mind and, uh, and change what has affected our emotions by its new ideals and its new attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what is good and acceptable, the perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in the sight of God. Okay, here's something you can write down. It's something I got last week, but I didn't get to deliver to you. Satan, our spiritual enemy, uses our minds to advertise his agenda and he doesn't even pay for the space. <laughs> Satan, our spiritual enemy, uses our minds to advertise his agenda, and he doesn't even pay for the space. Will you stand with me? I know, again, you're going to 
face the fears. There were times when I, because I so was a person affected uh, being around people. I was so shy and nervous. I would be sick to my stomach before I went to school. And there were times I would tell my mom, Mom, I think I should stay home from school today. I don't feel good. And she would say, you're going to school. The enemy's going to tell you you can't have where he wants to bring you. God is telling you, you're going into your land. You're going to possess your inheritance. 